Hello, and welcome to Forward Church Online. In this weekly podcast, we hope that you'll have an encounter with God through inspired teaching and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Tonight my message is entitled, It's Not That Complicated. And I think a lot of times because the way that we communicate in life, uh, we find we make things complicated. And uh, communication is vitally important uh, to everything. Uh, It's vitally important in the relationships that you build, in education, and the way we pass on information. Uh, And in that communication, there are two types of people. And my students have heard this message in the shorter version, so they're going to get it again. But there are expanders and there are condensers. Then um, how we interpret that is, is, is a little different. Uh, those two different type of people. Um, I am an expander, self-professed expander. I love when I open my mouth and I have no idea really what is about to come out. I like that feeling. It's kind of a rush for me. Why wife so much? My wife doesn't like that feeling so much. She wishes this enamel filter on the front would work a little better and sometimes I'd catch what's coming out of my mouth before it does because in my mind it always sounds real good but sometimes once it gets out it's not really for public consumption as Bradley likes to tell me so often is you didn't mean to say that amen that's right Josh my brother if you're an expander you know you are because your friends when you talk to them they say things you like to you when you get done they look at you and go So what you're trying to say is, and then they break it down to real short, and you go, yeah, exactly. And then you start to regurgitate again what you just said, and you look at them, and on their face they're going, you're still talking. I just told you. I know what you said, and you're still talking to me, and I don't really know why. And I have offspring, and they are expanders, and I know this because from time to time I have to remind them that you don't have to fill up all the airspace in the world with the words. Sometimes you need to let daddy fill up some of this airspace. You fill in all of it up. It's some of, I need some of mine. So a house full of expanders is not great, uh, but it can be a lot of fun. Uh, there are also those who are condensers, and they are short and to the point. And my wife says, that's you. She says, but maybe you're both, and I think I'm both because I'm short and to the point, and then I have to talk about my point for 15 minutes to make it. So I'm probably a little both. But if you were a condenser... Uh, you know that you are because your friends will just look at you and you get done talking and go, wow, tell me what you really think. Tell me how you really feel. You know, the, the condenser is the one that's going to look at you and go, oh, that dress, I hope you kept the receipt because it needs to go back. Somebody looking for it. That's the one. That's the one. That's that friend that when you need something, it's going to be real clear what the answer is. They're going to be able to, you're going to know what it is. You won't have to beat around the bush to get it. Paul is a condenser. And in, in Timothy, he's writing a letter to Timothy, and, and he, he takes Christianity, and he kind of condenses it down, and he puts it into, into five kind of perspectives to look at, and he makes it real clear and draws a real clear picture. And this Paul to me, Paul is the coolest guy. Paul's a phenomenon to me. You've got a guy who's, who's had a name change, and so before he was Paul, he was Saul. And Saul, 
was just a pure gangster. I mean, that's all he was. Saul is, Saul's main mission in life was to seek out and persecute Christians. I mean, that's all he did. I mean, he's on the road to Damascus one day, and on the road, while he's got a list and he's going to do his persecuting job, he has a run-in with God and an encounter that can only shake a guy like him like, like God can shake you uh, and put you on your haircut and blind you. And it was that day that Saul became Paul and was never again the same. You know, Paul had a real life change at that point. Um, he goes from a gangster, Saul, to a preacher, Paul, and he's credited with writing two-thirds of the New Testament. This guy had a real change. And here's what I really love about him, because he's us. He's me. He's you. He's the guy that, that really wasn't an all-practical purpose to look at worth saving, but yet God redeemed him, took him, and made him, qualified him to do work. And that's what he's done in all of us. If you're a believer, that's what he's done for you. He's qualified you to do work, and it's what you need to do. So at some point, Paul runs into Timothy, and, uh, and they, they, they get this bond. They, they develop this bond between each other. And in 1 Timothy 6, 11, we find where Paul is writing a letter to Timothy. And in my Bible, it's, the, the title of it is Paul's Final Instructions. So I'm, I'm pretty certain that it was relatively important. If you got your Bible, hold it out and put it next to the person that doesn't have their Bible and make them feel bad for not showing up without one, you should do that because you're more godly than they are. No, you're really not. 6.11 says this, But you, Timothy, are a man of God, so run from all these evil things, pursue righteousness, a godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this evening. God, I pray that you would use... Your words through me tonight, God, that it would not be me speaking, but I would, I would speak through, you would speak through me. God, anoint the ears that are listening. God, lift the head of the discouraged. Touch each person here in a mighty way, God. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I think we can take this verse, and you can take the name Timothy and replace it. Replace it with your name. Because Timothy's gone, and we still have this. So I'm going to replace my name, your name, with Timothy. So when you read this, it's, but you, Levi. But Jamie, you are a man of God. So run from all evil things, pursue righteousness and a godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. These are his final instructions to him. Paul stands in the gap, and, and he condenses this down to a point that we don't have to make it so hard. Because people that are condensers like me have done such a great job over the years of talking and talking and talking and talking until they've got things kind of mixed up. You know, and he, tells, and, he, and he tells Timothy here, he says, you need to run from evil things. So I look at it like, I, I'm, I'm curious because I didn't look into it because I'm not that smart. What the original word there where run was at, was it just run? I mean, if you're texting somebody and you can't put inflection in a text... They really have no idea what you're saying. But, but if you're talking to him, I think if he was talking face-to-face with Timothy, I think he'd have hollered at him. He'd be like, man, you need to run. You've got to get away from this. You need to flee evil things. I don't think he just meant, turn around, let's just walk off. Flee means you've got something after you, and you need to run like crazy to get away from it. He also says, 
pursue righteousness and a godly life. See, we often see this word pursue and we think of it kind of like this. We think, okay, a teacher asks you, what are you going to pursue when you graduate high school? What are you going to pursue? Well, when I was in high school, a teacher said, what are you going to pursue? I'm like, I don't know. I guess I'm going to go to college. And so I, I, I went to college and I kind of pursued college. And so I think a lot of times we look at that and we see, you know, pursue a righteous and a godly life. And in our, in our, in our worldly mind, we go, okay, God, I'm going to pursue things that you want me to pursue, I guess. You know, and that's kind of how we go after it. But it's really a much more different than that. Because Webster's definition of pursue is this. Follow after something or someone in order that you may catch it. So if I'm following something so tight, so close, so fast that I might catch it, that's a little different intensity than I'm just going to kind of walk along with here. I'm after what I'm after. I'm going to catch what I'm going after. And how much different would our lives look if we had that same intensity of I'm going to catch it into things for what God wants for us? How much different would it look then at that point? How much different would your life look? Another thing I think that he's, that he's saying with the word pursue is it's, we talk about we pursue things. Well, I pursue fishing or I pr- pursue hunting or I pursue whatever it is that you pursue. And if you're a fisherman uh, and, and that's something that you pursue on a regular basis, you've always got your boat hooked up. And when people see you, they define you as a fisherman. So when Paul's telling us that we need to pursue these things, he wants us to be defined by these five things. You know, and this is where, this is where we mess things up. So we're pursuing righteousness and a godly life, and we go, okay, you know, what does all that look like? There's the First Baptist Church, there's the Second Episcopal Church, and there's the Missionary Second Baptist Holiness Church, a Methodist Church, the Pentecostals, the Baptocostals, and those are the Baptist people that got rid of the organ and one of them might slip their hand up during worship. That's what a Baptocostal is. That was a joke. It was better one in my head. Um, you know, what, what do we wear? You know, ladies, do you wear earrings? Do you wear short skirts or do they have to cover your whole feet up? Are you allowed to show your shoulders or maybe you shouldn't? Skinny jeans, I think God really forbid those. I'm just saying. But, but they're there. Um, you know, what, what do we watch? What movies do we watch? Is PG-13 okay? I mean, I don't know. How is, what, as a Christian, what are we supposed to do? I mean, how do we give? How do we tithe? Like the Old Testament or, or like the New? Or, or better yet, you know, do we eat pig? Can we do that? There's all this stuff that people have done, and they've, and they've, and they've just expanded on it to a point that they've just got it mumbled in, and they've made it so much comp- more complicated than what it really needs to be. And we take this word righteous and it just messes us all up. We'll say, well, what's a righteous Christian? And people use that word. And you say, well, what do you think a righteous Christian is? Well, that's somebody who thinks he's holier than thou. He's the one that sits up there and he's always got his suit on or he's, she's always doing this and they got a Bible under their arm. That's, that must be what a righteous Christian looks like. And it makes it almost this unattainable, you know, here Paul's telling us to be righteous and it almost seems unattainable. But 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, it says, for God made Christ who never sinned to be an offering for our sins so that we could be made righteous with God through Christ. So that we could be made right with God. See, righteousness is just this in itself. It's a gift in its purest form. It's not something you earn. You can't obtain it. You can't go to school and get it because you go to theology. Doesn't, theological school doesn't make you righteous. It's a gift. And that gift is given, us, given to us through the work on the cross that we were made right before God. I mean, 
And whatever God's made righteous will never again be made unrighteous. Whatever he's made righteous will always be that way. Once you've been made right before God, that's what you are. You know, when we look at it as such a difficult thing, but to know that if I'm pursuing where I need to be in life and what God wants from me, I can stand before the Creator and know that He looks upon me as I'm right, that He's righteous. That's a big deal. And we've made it so difficult, and we've complicated it to such a point that we don't understand righteousness is a gift that's been given to you. It's not that hard. You know, and if we've, if we've been made righteous and, and through Him... It's really hard to be mean and arrogant and ugly and rude. Don't ask my wife any of those things I just listed because she'll tell you that I'm so far from righteous then at that point. She said she don't know what God's saying because I can be all these things. But I think we all can. So number one is righteousness and a godly life. Number two is faithfulness. And I think faithfulness can be really summed up if we go back and look at the word pursue. If you're pursuing something... And you're going after it enough and hard enough and long enough in order to catch it. Sometimes it takes a long time to catch something. So therefore you have to be faithful and endure and stand the test of time and be there through that. So faithfulness is is, is number two. And number three is love. love. Love can be hard, but love really, if we look at it, is not that difficult. And if you've been in church a long enough time, you go, okay, love your parents, you know, honor your parents, love your, love your spouse, love as a Christ, love the church, uh, love your neighbor, Love your enemy. Yeah, that one too. We got to do that. And you go, okay, I can do that. I can do that. So these first three, they don't seem so bad. I can handle those. You can handle those, right? Say yes. And then there's these last two that seem okay, but some, for some reason we get caught up on them still. And it says, and a godly life, and along with faith, love, perseverance, or steadfastness, and gentleness. And we look at steadfast and we go, steady, really? God, I mean, that seems pretty simple. God wants us to be steady. He wants us to be consistent. And young people, I'll tell you this, as you get older, steady becomes much more attractive than anything else. You know, you're in school and you're looking around and y'all are looking at, you're looking at pictures on Facebook now. And you're like, who's that guy? Oh, that's Eddie. He's there. He's always there. This is Sexy Steve over here. Here's Sexy Steve. And, and well, what's that, that guy, he's there again. Eddie, he's there. And you go to church and Eddie's there. And where's Sexy Steve? He's not there. Marry Steady Eddie because in 20 years, Sexy Steve's probably going to be Stupid Steve. Steady Eddie is still just going to be Eddie. And he's going to be there. I promise you, consistency and steadiness is something that eventually will become very attractive. And in 1 Timothy 6, 12, it says, Fight the good fight for true faith. Hold tight to the eternal life which God has called you which you have declared so well before so many witnesses. God wants us to be constant and steady in the fight. Pursue things like you really want to catch them. And lastly is gentleness. Number five is gentleness. And, and at this point, the guys just went, gentleness, I'm checked out. See, this one's yawning. I'm done. I ain't going to be gentle. You want me to be soft? No, I ain't soft. And really, on the contrary, I don't want you to be soft and I don't want you to be that type of gentle that runs through your mind when you first see that because that's what's gotten us to where we are today. We've got a bunch of cottonell soft guys up running things that don't need to be there that'll take an oath upon a Bible and swear on it and then roll over and uphold new laws, strip our Constitution if it doesn't suit everyone. And I understand we've got to love everybody. I get that. And, and, we, and we have to. And we need to. 
But just because we should love everybody doesn't mean we should look past what God's word holds true just to keep from offending somebody. I'll quit meddling now. But what Timothy is saying about gentleness is this. He says, be courteous. Care for others. There was a story told one time, and, and it was not a story that I'm close to, so it's not like it was a firsthand. It was another pastor I heard tell this story on the radio, and he said, he said that he was, he was about 14 years old, and he had attended a church all his life, and he went into church that evening, and there was a guy that he never knew, and this was the kid that was probably like me. He was the expounder. He talked a lot, and he went over next to this guy and sat down with him and started talking to him, and the guy was telling him his story, and, you know, and this went on, and, and that guy was a visitor that night, but he became a regular, and he was there all the time. And it was 15, 20 years later, the man that was the visitor that night came to this young man as he was an adult, and he said, I want to tell you something. The night that you sat down and talked to me, this mic too, I guess, Bradley. Um, The night you sat down and talked to me, he said, that night I was going to church, and I said, if I go to church again and nobody speaks to me, I'm going to go home and kill myself. That man became a pillar in that church because somebody took the time to listen to him. I promise you, your life is not so important. You don't have so much going that you can't take the time to listen because you don't ever know what it's going to be. Be considerate. Love people where they are. And through love and truth, not your conviction, God will take care of the rest of it. See, and I think that's where we get confused a lot of times is we think we need to be the one convicting them, and it's not, that's not the case. God will convict them and take care of all the rest. You just need to love them. Because if people don't think you care, they could give a rip about the rest of it. So real quick, let's go back. And, I, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm close to done, and I know this didn't take long. I probably talked 100 miles an hour, but that's all right. It says, pursue righteousness in a godly life. And you say, well, what, what's a godly life, and what does it look like? What do godly people look like? What do they do? You know, what group is it? Is it this church? Is it that church? Is it this group? You know, what's godly? And we've, again, it's something that's, we've made so much more complicated than what it is because godly or godliness, wonder of God. To be aware that he's always present and always there and be in wonder and you should be like, you're always here, you're you're always here. God, wow. You know, create virgin birth, wow. The cross, the resurrection, wow. Holy Spirit, something to guide me while I'm here, wow. Provision, protection, healing, all these things should just be wow. But we've gotten to the point that it's not wow anymore. It's just, oh, it's just God. You're not in wonder of him anymore, and he doesn't excite you. When you should continually recognize that we've been made right through him and through what Christ has done for us, and that should cause you to be wow. Righteousness, a godly life. Faith, love, steadfast, gentleness, gentleness. Hashtag, it's not that complicated. You know, and here's my hope tonight, and, and what I've got is my hope tonight is this, that you'll recover your wow. That in spite of anything and everything you've ever done, right, wrong, indifferent, doesn't matter, God loves you, goes before you, and has a plan for you. You know, and it's through this, it's through this that you should recover that. Through that wow, we find that the faith we find faith to accept 
what Jesus did on the cross for us. And, and I get caught up, you know, you need to accept Jesus. Well, it's not your job to accept Jesus. He's, already, he's accepting you for who you are and what you are. He did the work for you. It's just your job to reach up and obtain it and take hold of it. Because without the work on the cross, you're hopeless. You're shot. You're done. You're not good enough. You can't be good enough. You won't ever be good enough. I don't care how good you try. We're broken and we're in need of a Savior. And without receiving the gift that he's done for us, we're hopeless. We're in love with God. And that may sound like an odd thing to you, but as you fall in love with God and then return like it's yours, like it belongs to you, but you need to spread it like a disease and infect everybody your wow that you once had for God. Uh, if tonight you're listening to me and you're going, you know, I don't understand, I get that right today. The Bible's very clear. Today is the day of salvation. See, I can guarantee you this, that if you spoke to someone, if you were able to fast forward and go right to hospice and sit at the foot of somebody's bed who was dying and talk to them and ask them some questions, these are some things I guarantee you won't hear come out of their mouth. I wish I'd have made one more million. I wish I'd have gone on one more vacation. I wish I could have done one more deal, hit one more golf ball, gone on one more trip, seen one more movie. Went to the beach one more time. That's not what they're going to tell you. What those people are going to tell you is what I wish I could have done is honored God in my life. Let's believe that it won't matter who we are. We'll wish we did a little bit more. You're going to wish you had more. Some of us right now are doing nothing. So your little bit more is not a whole lot. Caring for people and making an eternal difference. Don't wait till it's too late to discover your wow. Today's your day. Tonight is your night, and tomorrow you're not promised. Tonight is your night to discover your wow. Let's bow our heads. Thanks for listening to this edition of Forward Church Online. We hope this has been a blessing in your life and that you'll share this and other great resources with your friends. We want to invite you to explore our webpage at www.myforwardchurch.com. There, you'll find online giving, church events, and so much more. Be sure to connect with us on Facebook and Twitter as there's always something happening around Forward Church. If you're ever in our area, we'd like to extend an invitation to come be a part of one of our live worship experiences. Thanks again for listening to the Forward Church online podcast. Have a great week.